the two, the three, the four. Five point, five point. One to the two, the three, the four. Five point, five point. Really going down. Yeah. And then, so wait, are you recording right now? Okay. And then, uh, oh, okay. So I guess let me ask you guys this, since I wasn't in Atlanta, like, tell me about the first time that you listened to AT Aliens and what was your first impression of it, this album? Wow, my story's gonna be long-winded. Let me tell you this story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it as short as I can possibly make it. I don't know if this was my very first listen, but it was one of my earliest. Now I remember I was riding around with my homeboy at the time, named Fred Wheat. Shout out to Fred. And it was either, you know, it was a weekend, Saturday, Sunday. The album hadn't been out that long, but I remember that was a particular realization that AT Aliens wasn't really like a ride out album mm. in the same way that Southern Playalistic had right. been. You know, or in the same way that Eight Ball and MJG's first two albums was. I mean, it was really recognizing that this album was just different as shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so mellow, and it was you know you could be riding around, you know, sipping on your forty ounce and whatnot, and you know, drinking and driving. Uh, and you know it could get kind of mellow and a little depressing. You know you with your homeboy, you ain't trying to get all deep in meditation. You know that side too. Come on. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember. I remember Fred making a comment or something. You know we had to switch that thing out and put something in like some eight ball or something. So it it took a little time to really kind of warm up to the to the themes wow. and really go there mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't just you know a classic southern ride out album you know it was it was deep right it was deep see man i'm gonna tell you i was probably introduced to the album sixth seventh grade right through a guy i don't know if you ever heard this dude his name was the black rabbi okay so he was a guy who was hired for like everybody's birthday party all the bar mitzvahs all the bot mitzvahs bro but he was a black dude it wasn't even jewish bro but he knew <laughs> if he just put rabbi in his name he would get all the parties, right? Wow. So he literally was at every party that I went to as a child. And the dude would play nothing but AT Aliens, bro. Like mm. the whole album. You know mm. what I'm saying? And, and he's like, doing parties? He's doing parties, yo. He would low-key yeah. play that shit. Because I remember the first dances I ever had with a girl that would like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, really? Yeah, like some house party shit. Yeah. It was all, it was AT Aliens, bro. And it was to the song AT Aliens. You know what I'm saying? That is so You know weird, what I mean? My, my sixth grade music memories are like little kids like throw your hands at the A year. You know what I'm saying? Like wow, think about little 11 year olds doing crazy, that. crazy, man. They hit us at a young age and then I probably didn't follow back up with it and listen to it in full until, man, I want to say maybe like five years later. Mm. Because I won't lie to y'all, the first Outcast album I ever purchased my own money was a Quimini. Okay. You yeah. Know, I was 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then after that, I went back in time gotcha. to find out how I got to this point. So gotcha. I went to Southern Playlistic mm-hmm. and I went to AT Aliens. Mm-hmm. And to this day, that is my favorite Outcast AT Aliens? Album. Yeah. I'll okay. put it right there. It beca- On the record. It's, it's the, it's, it brings you back to that moment, I bet. It does, Those man. early it does. formative years. Exactly. The wonder years exactly. of Gavin Godfrey. When, when you know I what thought I mean? Big Blue was the greatest <laughs> poet on earth. I still think he's, he's one, still he's, he's still oh, one of the yeah, best. No doubt. For sure. But I was like, man. Who is this dude? When is his album coming out? No doubt. You know? I'm still waiting on that Big Rube album. Something. I he think was on Big Death Rube Poetry Jam back in the day, too. 
great episode, so I don't want to go off into it. I do that. (laughs) But at any rate, y'all, this is the Five Points Podcast. I'm Gavin Godfrey, sitting up here on the roof. No doubt. Of, uh, right. of my place at in Castleberry with my homie Rodney Carmichael. No doubt. What's up? At the end of the summer, beginning of the fall. Yeah. Right. And that sounded like some shit Andre would have said. Look at that. was deep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was deep. That was deep. And we got the world famous who to my right? Who's world famous now? Uh, but I don't know, man. It's okay. Cool. I think, I think, I think you are. But she yeah. Know she, she don't, she don't let her humble it. you she out. Stop it. Stop it. let her humble you out now. Anyway, this is Christina Lee here. I yeah. want to hear what, what's your what's your first uh, story? ATLians listening experience. My first story, my first experience, quite honestly, wasn't until like I would I want to say within the past like two years. Okay. And the reason why was because okay, like I moved to Atlanta maybe. It's been like six, almost seven years at this point. Wow. Okay. Within like the first two years, like I was in Oakhurst mm-hmm. and somebody was having a yard sale in the front. And then I think somebody, the, no, the yard sale had just finished. Mm-hmm. There was just a box of stuff being like, just take whatever's in here, please. Oh, wow. Pa- parked by the pet store. Yeah. And I looked in there and I saw Aquamini, E.T. Aliens, and like some greatest hits thing. Wow. So yeah, all for, for free. This wow. person wasn't even charging. They were like just take this please mm, so i was like okay warlock. um and like gavin actually i latched on to um aquamini mm-hmm. because i th- i'm trying to remember why exactly but i think in my perception at the time it sort of was it was sort of me just trying to get to know the city that i literally just moved into and mm-hmm. to me at the time like aquamini seemed like the most accessible that mm-hmm. wasn't like stanconia which is the music that had reached the suburbs of Maryland when I had grown up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I went from there, and then I went kind of backwards. And mm-hmm. actually, you know, we talked, um, Maurice Garland, a day one radio mm-hmm. journalist, you know what, I had asked him, like, what was his favorite Outkast album at one point, and he said, E.T. Aliens. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, like, going back. And for me, that album just became, like, a handy lens as to understand, like, where Atlanta is right now in the sense that like it sort of introduced me to um, this interesting period of time where Atlanta is maybe trying to reckon with its own identity Mm -hmm. but also like having a sense of where it is and maybe there's some forces that are beyond its control it seemed like an album that was like capturing like a moment in tension for the city um so yeah, I mean to be fair, like I wasn't as hip to it right. like when it came out or anything like that. But to this day, it still kind of holds up as like a really handy artifact mm-hmm. of where Atlanta was at a, like a specific place in time. Um, and I really think that's become like a point of reference for me as I write about Atlanta now. Wow, that's dope. So in case y'all have not been able to tell, we are about to go super deep on AT Aliens. 20th anniversary, but also what it means to be an AT alien 20 years after and what that evolution has been like and looking at a, a, a couple of different touch points. I mean, we want to touch on everything from from the album to the identity to how it's being expressed in shows like Donald Glover's Atlanta. Um, so, you know, take this ride with us. We about to we about to ride out. To some to some AT aliens for real. There it is. There it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess to start, yeah. Rodney, you just wrote a brilliant creative loafing cover story called AT Alien Nation. Oh, thank you. And I was wondering, you know, just for the people who haven't read it yet, how would you sum up 
what the story is about and how you even like arrived at the conclusion that you draw here because this is like some shit that I felt I felt like you articulated something that people have felt for so long and yet they hadn't been able to articulate it yet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I honestly have been kind of surprised at the feedback um, from it. I kind of was really expecting that, you know, people might think it was kind of strange or like, what are you talking about? You don't, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know, Gavin, give can, me this. Can I, can I, can I, can I interject for a second, y'all? This is something that Rodney Carmichael just does, y'all. It doesn't matter what the story is. It could be great. It's always going to be great, first of all. This is Rodney Carmichael we're talking about. But second of all, I've never seen this dude write one story where he's like, damn, I think I killed that shit. It's always, man, ain't nobody know. gonna, I don't know, man. No one's gonna read this shit, man. <laughs> no one's gonna even say anything. Like, I, I just finished, like, I barely just did this, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got no time to work on it. It's just like, <laughs> he's gonna give you all the excuses, man. And then he just goes out there and drops some Pulitzer shit. And the whole town talks about it because, as Christina said, it seems like it was something that was resonating within uh, the entire city, but no one was saying it. No, it was, no one had a way to really verbalize those feelings and those emotions, those questions about Atlantis and talk about, yeah. you know, what, what, what went through your mind putting this together? And, and the, yeah, and what was the beginning of the story for you? You know what the beginning of the story probably was? Was our story, um, straight oh. out of Stank On You, right. from what, 2014? It's been two uh-huh. years at this point. You know? Another one he thought nobody would read, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, and just short recap, that was, that was, that was for the anniversary of, of Outkast, you know, formation or beginning or first album. Mm-hmm. The anniversary, you know, they went on the tour and all that good stuff. And we kind of decided while everybody else was kind of doing these Outkast retrospect- retrospectives, we wanted to look at Atlanta's evolution through the lens of Outkast over the past 20 years. And, you know, I think a lot of that was me kind of, you know, I mean, I remember when we had that initial conversation, um, and it was, you know, talking about how much the city has changed mm-hmm. and, you know, with forces like gentrification and redevelopment and all that kind of stuff. And that was that's that's all that's already something I was really interested in and covering. But, you know, it's funny when you talk about that stuff just straight on. Sometimes it gets redundant and boring and people tune out. But I really dug talking about a lot of that kind of stuff right. through the lens of the music mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i kind of have like just continued that shit yeah you know that's your I'm beat yeah, right i mean right. it's, it's a great beat i mean it i really like being on some hip-hop journalism shit where i'm not really necessarily you know chasing down the newest artists but oh, i'm looking at the world through this hip-hop lens you know and i think I, you're also like adding context that might have been missing in the initial journalism that was coming out when groups like Outkast, but also like Shorty Lowe were coming out because, you know, like they're just kind of looking at it as like, oh, these Atlantan hip hop artists are becoming right. like really popular. But like being able to have like that hindsight, you're able to really sort of contextualize, you know, how such music is evil, even able to come out of the South. Mm. Whereas Southern hip hop is usually people look at it and be like, wait, what? Mm. Like they don't quite mm. understand it. Mm. Um, so in that sense, I feel like that sort of... Pe- point of view is really handy and being able to understand the roots of this music yeah Yeah. after southern hip-hop has been historically sort of misunderstood right so yeah i mean i really you know in terms of in terms of the story or whatever i really kind of wanted to take that leap from at aliens 
the album and kind of look at a lot of the Afrofuturistic um, themes and content in that album and kind of apply it to what I feel like is the future of Black Atlanta, right. you know, because we talk about the impact of gentrification so much usually in physical terms of real estate and, and, and that kind of stuff, um, displacement, physical displacement. But I think the cultural erosion and erasure that's happening um, as an effect of that gentrification is the more the more you know significant um story especially in a city like atlanta where black culture has really defined the city for so many years so many decades right. you know going all the way back to the civil rights movement um and it's funny because when i started working at creative loafing uh you know the local art weekly here 10 years ago i i kind of encountered a new side of atlanta that i wasn't familiar with and Honestly, you know, growing up black in, in, in the suburbs of the city and, and the black suburbs of the city um, and not really being exposed to, you know, the northern side mm -hmm. as much, um, the side that didn't look like me and, and, you know, didn't have the same experiences I had. I started to hear this debate about Atlanta not having an identity so much. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. That was going on a little bit in the early 90s. Um, you know, in line with this album around the time of the Olympics yeah. and around the time of um, the Braves winning right. the World Series for the first time. This, I, this, this, this lack of identity, yeah. you know, because Atlanta has always been the city that's evolved so much all the time and whatnot. Um, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the Phoenix City, you yeah. know. Right. Um, so I kind of wanted to, like, challenge that. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I feel like it's, it's been a myth. It's been a mythology that has persisted um, over time. And when, at the same time, if you look at the parallel over these same 20 years, we became the hip hop capital. Right. right. So how did that happen? How, how is this, how is this known as like the, 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 the hub of black cultural production, mm -hmm. you know, for the world at this point, but yet we over here, you know, having having debates about what the city's identity is and so i felt right. like it was kind of a, a denial of the city and so i just wanted to challenge that with the story well goddamn, you did um you know one one example in the story too of that of, of this that you that that came up to me which is funny is why you got to go in on Izzy, man? Man, man. Izzy, man. The I'm just worst, kidding, man. The worst Olympic known going going down in history as the worst Olympic um, mascot right. of all time. Right, right. I mean, which you know, at the time, I thought Izzy was cute. You yeah. know what I mean? Right, right. I hey, it was like, hey, it's cool. I I, I kind of thought the hate on Izzy was funny. It's funny because um, uh, shout out to Max Blau who um. Your CNN compadre, he yeah. wrote a story before he left Atlanta Magazine earlier this summer on the, the oral history of Izzy. He went back, talked to the original creator. Oh, my God. The guy who, you know, the the, the, the marketing and ad guy, whatnot, who, who came up with um, a designer who came up with Izzy. Right. And when he said something about it on Twitter before his story came out, it, it, it dawned on me that, you know, the Olympics was just a couple of months before the, before ATLians dropped. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's crazy. And I thought, you know what? 
what if they had had the insight to name Izzy AT Alien instead? It of might Izzy? still it Man. might still be our 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 symbol a, a, a symbol that we take pride in because it looks like a little alien. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Maybe it just had the wrong name because originally it was called What Is It? All right. Which what? Why? Okay, I'm, I'm, I got to I got to interject. I got to I got to interject again cuz I'm going to defend not Izzy, uh-huh. but I'm going to defend the man behind. His name is John Ryan. Uh-oh. He was a transplant, wasn't it? I interviewed him for Arts ATL. Right. Oh, that's right. You interviewed and him. And so right. let me tell you what happened. My bad. Okay. I'll tell you. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm back it up. Uh-oh, so, uh-oh, uh-oh. you know, an interesting thing you actually brought up in your piece with this guy um, by way of Max's piece is that he was also a transplant, right? Right. And he said, he admitted that when he got here, um, he was like, he felt like Atlanta was a city trying to figure out its identity. Mm-hmm. And so he said the last thing he wanted when he did the design was like, I didn't want to do a big peach or a pecan. Right. Um, anything that was so typical Atlanta. But he also thought that Atlanta was very progressive in its thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, he apparently says that we were called Silicon Valley East. Somebody's going to have to fact check that. I've never heard that. 20 years ago? Yeah, but that's what he says. That's there, what was, he says. there was some tech. There was a that's tech what, community that's what, here that's at what one he point. Said. Georgia so, Tech. Right. <laughs> there, Georgia, there was some tech. There was Georgia Tech. <laughs> there was Georgia Tech, yes, in fact. But so on top of Georgia Tech, there were guys like John Ryan who came here from St. Louis, mm-hmm. um, lived there his whole life basically, and then comes okay. to Atlanta. And he's playing around with different CGI effects, computer graphics, mm. um, something that no one's really doing, right? So mm-hmm. then he says, why don't I create a character with these computer graphics mm-hmm. That's a progressive technology. This is a progressive city. This will match up. Okay. So he puts okay. together this thing, which he says he originally wanted to call high res. They're like, well, what is oh, that? Yeah. What does that mean? That What's sounds like a dope mean? rap name. Does that mean everybody else is like low res? And he was like, no, it just means like, you know, whatever. Right, so he right. just says, you know, forget it. Comes up with this, this, this thing. <laughs> At first, it's not very well received. But what happens is Billy Payne, the guy who got us the Olympics, mm-hmm. he and his team come in. They have these meetings over the art direction of Izzy because Izzy, first of all, was designed for children. And this is where the damn name comes from. Billy Payne got the designs, he got the renderings, mm-hmm. he took it to the kids in the neighborhood, just like next door to a birthday party, okay. and said, kids, look at this. What do you want to call it? And they kept saying, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? And he uh, said, perfect. Wow. There it is. That's what I got. That's poor John Ryan. That's and what he said. And to be fair, has there really been like a great Olympics mascot, one that the adults are like, yes, I support this a million percent. I mean, most of them I think are pretty typical. Pretty, yeah, I mean, you know. and to me, they, they all seem rather cartoonish yeah. right. for yeah, the kids. Yeah. Right. And apparently, according to John Ryan, that's what he was told to make, something that mm-hmm. would be bought up in merchandise that mm-hmm. kids would respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, after the first wave came out, um, they dropped the name What's It and just did Izzy. Right. And that was it. They got so much backlash, whatever. But John Ryan told me the story of how he was in a meeting with Billy Payne and all these people. And Billy Payne was like, we should do this and this and this to the mascot. His shoes should be on backwards. And uh, John Ryan raised his hand and was just like, hey, I don't think this is, you know, I don't think this creatively works. And they, you know, Billy Payne told him, hey, no more from you. Get out of here. He wasn't allowed in any more meetings. Uh And after that, he took his firm and said, hey, we're just going to we're going to back out because it basically became a client from hell, he said. And that was it. So it's a classic case, he said, of which still happens today in Atlanta, where artists do something really great. Mm-hmm. Somebody big comes in, some corporation says, work with us, mm-hmm. and they don't pay them, mm-hmm. they don't compensate them, and they don't mm-hmm. look out for them. They just say, you should be really happy. 
that you're wow. working with for us. the exposure. For this exposure because yeah. you're working with the Olympics. So and so that's the real story that so nobody Billy Payne fucked it up. I think Billy Payne fucked it up. Damn, Billy Payne fucked everything up, didn't he? Yeah, bro. But I feel <laughs> but I feel what you right. but I feel what you were going right there. And I think I feel where you were going right there, uh, you know, talking uh, about Izzy because it was uh, yeah, there's a lot of confusion on right. what the hell that meant. How did that represent Atlanta? Does right. Atlanta not have an identity? Is that why they gave it this weird creature? But uh-huh. what do you think it means? What do you think it meant then when the album came out to be an ATL in 1996? I think Dax touched on this in our last yeah. chat. Um, you know, what it what it kind of meant and the sense of pride it brought, especially mm-hmm. at the time. But, you know. For you, what do you think it meant? That's uh, the first started hearing it. Yeah, that was that was that was that was it. That was like we finally had an identity for right. real, and not just one that you had to describe to people in a bunch of words mm-hmm. and, and paragraphs, but one word right. that you know totally identified us in the sense of hip hop, because we were aliens, we were outside right. of the hub of hip hop, we were, you know, ostracized by East Coast, you know, and even West Coast to a degree. We were, you know, um, but then it also, I feel like spoke to like blackness, Right. you know, it spoke to modern, post-modern, post-soul, post-civil rights Mm -hmm. blackness and and what it meant to be growing up in this so-called black Mecca where everybody didn't necessarily have access to the opportunity right. to rise up, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. So that's kind of what what it what it seems like it, it represented at the time, you know. Mm. And did you feel like after that we had as a city even more pep in our step? Than I mean, say, I than think and that's the thing, right? So, so in a way, it kind of represented that, but it became an umbrella term for everybody. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Color, so, creed, right, class. Right. It did not matter because we didn't have anything else that yeah, dominant, yeah. and that and, and and that we had that much pride in. Right. Like for for this generation, mm-hmm. and when I say this generation, I'm speaking broadly. I'm not talking about just Gen X or even like millennials. Right. I'm I'm really kind of talking about just this hip hop era. Right. Right. That became our flag. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And right. it's and it's funny because it still is. Like even though Outkast isn't really, you could ask a kid now and they might ne- necessarily know Outkast like that. Right. But they'll they'll understand ATLians. Yeah. They'll understand the terminology and that it represents an identity mm-hmm. and you know that that's something we take pride in as Atlantans. You know it it mm-hmm. it, it, it it transcended. At a certain extent, it transcended the album. It transcended yeah. Outkast. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, definitely. When do you think that happens? I mean, because I remember being in those school. <laughs> so when did AT Aliens become a catch-all term mm. for anybody representing Atlanta, whether you're from Alpharetta, mm. Marietta, Buckhead, wherever, that it crossed over from being an Outkast thing mm. to being an Atlanta thing? Because I remember being at APS, mm. you know, Sutton in North Atlanta that – it was a thing already, but right. like it wasn't. I wouldn't leave Atlanta and being like in D.C. or New York and be like, "Yeah, right. we're all ATLians." But then it happened at some point. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I call- mean, yeah. I would have to guess at it. I mean, I, I would think that once Atlanta started to really be, yeah, um, really started to cement its place in terms of hip hop outside of just Dungeon Family and the pioneers, you know, that kind of first put the city on the map. For, for the world and whatnot, like when it really started to look like we were gonna be the hip hop capital, 
it seemed like that's 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 just a brand that sticks. I don't know what y'all think. No, I totally agree, man. Because I was just thinking, I feel like it was around those times of say like a when the tracks like a Welcome to Atlanta by Ludacris came out mm -hmm. the early mid two thousands. Because when I was Dupree, yeah. when I got, I'm you know I went to Syracuse okay. up up in the north north, y'all damn near Canada. Shout out to the the Cuse. <laughs> shout out to the Cuse. That's basically like you know what I'm saying, the making of goddamn New York. Right. But uh, <laughs> shout out to my country boys up there. But you know what I mean? When I got up there, it's the first every time I introduce myself as Gavin from Atlanta, the first thing people say to me like, Oh, you're an ATL. Oh, you ATL. Uh, you ATL. Really? Yeah. Wait, and my next, so I got I got I landed in Syracuse around two thousand two. Okay. Um graduated two thousand six, man, I had four years now. Naomi was like, Your ass is going to goddamn perimeter if your fucking ass can't graduate in four years. So long story short, <laughs> Cuse is where I went, but my nickname there was ATL. I never heard the name Gavin Godfrey for like four years. Unless wow. I came, or after I came home, everybody called me ATL because it was ATLian for short. Yes. Um, so if you talk to any of my friends today, it's weird. I'll go someplace, like go visit them. And they're like, hey, ATL, what's going on? And my girlfriend's like, Who, what, what are they saying? <laughs> I'm like, Gavin. I'm like, oh, so sorry, so sorry. This, yeah. It's Gavin. His, name is Gavin. His name's Gavin. But yeah. yeah, I didn't get called Gavin for about four years. It was just ATL. All the New Yorkers thought it was cool to call me the ATLian. Uh -huh. And I think it was because around that time, Atlanta was becoming more cool, more popular. You know no what I'm doubt. saying? No doubt. Um, the FUBU jerseys with the, that said Dirty South were long, were long gone. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were way cool past that. <laughs> so I had to bring those up. <laughs> I had like two of those. <laughs> yeah. Outcast wins the Grammy for Love Below. 2001. Oh, 2002. yeah. That's a good time. Well, that was 2003. Yeah, I'm lying. I'm lying. Yeah, I mean, right around then, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. that, was, that, was, that was funny because I do remember actually driving up to Syracuse from Atlanta listening to fucking Hey Ya with my mom. She loved that shit. We once listened to it five Come fucking on. times in a row. I swear oh to God. God. But, you jam. know, that was that was a jam. And you're right. That's exactly it. And I think that also was in that album, too. Those That double album, we should say. Um, Speaker Box, Love Below, where Big had a side and Dre had a side, um, where they won the Grammy for Album of the Year. Oh, Out of everybody. Like, this ain't just rap. This was everybody. You know, this is a big deal. The album also went... Freaking the double album, I should say again. Went diamond. This was huge for them. Um, but I think that was a game changer again mm -hmm. for the South because it opened us up to a lot of different people who had, hadn't listened to the, you know, the the, the Outcast albums before that, hadn't heard of Dunch Family before that. But they're like, okay, who are these guys behind Hey Ya and the mm -hmm. way you move? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Who is this Andre doing a little acoustic jam with Nora Jones? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So right. it's kind of like. I think that kind of opened us up a little more to folks, and I think it definitely did, at least in the Northeast where I was at school. So, I and I know. think the other thing we got to definitely think about is like how how they really this is the album where they dared to be different, yeah, mm. and that became not not immediately, well, but it became the the kind of the mold for. Or it set the path, it laid the path for the future of, of, of hip-hop in Atlanta right. in yeah. terms of artists being daring mm -hmm. and risky. And, and, you know, even if you're a trap artist, you're going to be the most different, weird, exactly. out there trap artist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, speaking from, like, a music criticism point of view, mm -hmm. like, I find that, like, if a, if an artist is described as an ATLian, then everything is sort of spoken of. It's not, it's not just speaking to the fact that this person hails from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It's speaking to the fact that they may be doing something that you haven't necessarily heard before, mm -hmm. or they're trying to do something that you may not necessarily be comfortable with. Like I think of Young Thug and I think mm -hmm. of Future. Like right. when they get described as ATLing, that's a really handy term to decide to sort of describe all these weird like idiosyncrasies that they're gonna sort of implement in their own brand of like hip hop. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. that's a 
two, two, twofold. I was going to ask, so is that how you kind of felt when you first again heard AT Aliens? Is that what kind of the feeling, the theme was in terms of it was the first time that there was an album out where the, kind of the, the, the actual outcasts, the actual outsiders mm -hmm. um, of Atlanta had a voice. And then, um, you know, on top of that, speaking of the change, the kind of the direction for, for Outkast, you know, this is when we start seeing Dre in the turban. No and doubt. he's doing different things just for, for, for the Atlantans to talk about, you know, how that was seeing their change and how different that was seeing that in Atlanta because, you know, we were wearing Braves caps and Braves <laughs> jerseys. And then right. here comes Dre with the turban. And then lyrically, the group is, is taking I think slightly different direction and, yeah. and production wise yeah. um a slightly you know not slightly a very different direction yeah. i mean well it's funny because they were the ones who made it cool to rep atlanta to begin with right on True. the first album right i mean mm -hmm. they coined atl i mean they, they 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 borrowed it from the airport code right yeah. and, and and changed it into slang for right. the city and so what nobody really repping atlanta like that i mean i remember the starter jacket era wasn't a whole lot of people wearing no Braves starters. You know, that was not like a popular, you know, right. I mean, obviously the Braves started winning at that time, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. around that time too. But they made it cool to, we had, we they solidified what that, that identity was to be kind of like, you know, that Southern Atlanta specific player, you know, Southwest Atlanta prominent, but all the way out as far as the east side indicator and all of that good stuff um so yeah when they came back and it was different it was almost like we had to catch up and you know i think they right. lost a lot of folks mm -hmm. you know they lost a okay. lot of folks initially um but then i think they ended up gaining something and taking so many of us that, that were willing to hang on deeper it was kind of like you know they really did kind of take us out of space in, in a in a in a metaphorical way i mean you know because they right. had so many the themes of the album was so kind of like space heavy but it was still very grounded i mean it was about really kind of looking at your success and and i mean i told somebody um not so i i really feel like at aliens is outcast De La Soul is Dead album. Right. Oh, interesting. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. they set up this player motif in mm -hmm. the first album. Right. And then they kind of look at everybody coming copying. Y'all ain't really some players. And not only that, <laughs> not only that, but what is this player shit that we claiming? Right. I mean, Andre really go, you know, Big Boy is kind of like checking everybody trying to copy and be a player. Yeah. And Andre is kind of like internally questioning like, is this is this really where we at? Is this really all we trying to be? Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, just these questions of identity. Mm -hmm. And that's why I just found it interesting to kind of like parallel look at Atlanta as a right. city and all of these questions of identity that we've had over the time. It's just a, it's an interesting parallel. And that's really those are really valuable questions concerning the South as well. Right. right? Because um, I think when you're talking from a national point of view, I think a lot kind of gets taken for granted when it comes to talking about Southern identity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? People might think like, might associate the South like a certain IQ level or like mm -hmm. a certain level of mm -hmm. like dumbed down shit or whatever. Mm -hmm. but Deplorables, quote unquote. Jeez. Right, right, right. <laughs> so um, in that sense, uh, those sorts of questions are also useful in that, you know, it. I think it was might've been the first time maybe for a hip hop audience that maybe they were kind of caught off guard being like, right. oh, 
wait, what can we expect from the South? Mm -hmm. You know, not to say that the precedent was like bad by any means or that it was any less ambitious. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that people were forced to confront that a lot more because the the music in itself was so dank. It sounded Mm. like it was coming literally from an underground as opposed to like Mm -hmm. from car speakers Mm. and stuff like that. Um, You kind of felt like you were being transported to somewhere that you might not necessarily see all the time as opposed to like an everyday setting that makes any sense totally totally i mean and i think coming back to to one of one of tina's points is present day artists we we think about who are these atlians young thugs and you know even the the little yachties of the world i mean yeah even rory i mean what do you today you guys what do you think it means to be an atlian or how do you think the people trying to bury that or carry that name um are doing what is it is it is it different um from 20 years ago is there a different kind of feeling or or connotation behind that term and do you feel like it's 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 represented maybe as well um as it was back in the day do you feel like it has the same the right spirit behind it or is it still the same you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm trying to think you know i think it's a definitely like a broader term now yeah. and i think that a lot of younger artists embrace it but from the sense of like they're granted like creative license. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you describe yourself as an ATL, right. you're not just gonna act like what everyone else is doing. I think when people have grown up like hearing that term and right. then associating themselves with that term, they're like, okay, so I'm not just gonna do what people expect me to do as like a hip hop artist. Yeah. So I do think even if they might not like have um, memorize the album from like front to back or anything like mm. that. They take that as you know, like all the more reason to just kind of go out there because maybe right. like people have certain assumptions about like like what they're supposed to do as hip hop artists. But if they call themselves AT aliens, mm-hmm. then you know why not do whatever the fuck they want. Hmm. But that's just from my POV. Yeah, yeah, and I think kind of expanding it from the music piece. Um, I really do see AT Aliens now as, in a lot of ways, what it what it really was then, or what I feel like they were trying to express um, outside of the music, which is this 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 um, this blackness, this 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 being black and and feeling alienated in a lot of ways, you know, right. which goes back to the Afrofuturistic themes, and and you know, it's just. I don't know if we want to call it ironic or whatever, just real that it happens to match up now with what is happening, not just in Atlanta, but but in any metropolitan city around mm-hmm. the country, you know, mm-hmm. with people being displaced. And, you know, usually that being, you know, the the working class right. and, and, and the grinding and the hustling class, you know, which over overwhelmingly is black, um, even though I take. I take a lot of offense to Donald Trump and his um is inner painting the inner cities as just you know painting black people as just black in Chicago. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that dude. That's a whole nother combo. (laughs) But 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 I mean for real though, like ATLians now it 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 it, 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 it's it's a different thing now. It's like you know simultaneously fetishized, but 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 also stigmatized. You know, and and it's. It's um, it feels alienated in a whole new, and and, and very much old and, and and ancient and very American way. <laughs> right, right. So, well, then 
that kind of makes me think, man. So one way that's been challenged or brought into question present day yeah. is new show, new show we all love yep. on yeah. FX, right? FX, am I right? FX. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Atlanta. Right. From Donald Glover, um, you know, the, the actor, rapper, artist extraordinary, also goes by the name Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. Um, born here. Raised here, mm-hmm. he actually went to the uh, what was it, DeKalb School of the Arts. Yeah. I know a teacher. I know Stone a lady Mount. who was his, uh, I guess his Latin teacher. Shout out to uh, Judy Pollock, my homeboy <laughs> Jesse Pollock's mom. She always tells stories about Donald. Oh, Your wow. name dropping yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Man, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, man. I just be meeting people. <laughs> good, yeah, man, Judy. Judy would tell stories about this kid who was very, very creative, uh-huh. uh, very outspoken. Yeah. And she's like, she claims, I always thought Donald was going to be a star. You know, I think that's a lie. Oh, but whatever. Oh, yeah. well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about it. But whatever. He is a star. Um, but he's a star that I think um, not a lot of people immediately identified as like an ATL star. No you know, like we do an Usher mm-hmm. or obviously like a T.I. Or uh, unfortunately, like a name like a Tyler Perry. I'm still not a big fan, but you know, these big names that oh, immediately <laughs> get associated somehow with the city of Atlanta. Right. Um, he, I feel like, has accomplished a lot of, as, a lot, or I can't even talk. He's accomplished as much as these, as these big names, but mm-hmm. he hasn't always been immediately associated with Atlanta. I felt like that was something that was always conscious in his mind, mm-hmm. um, which is why he even made a mixtape, Stone Mountain, a little while back, mm-hmm. which is kind of his like. With oh, DJ Drama. Yeah, exactly. Another with person drama, who gets associated with, with Atlanta more readily than he does. Exactly. And he performed, um, you know, at the three-day weekend Centennial Park Outcast 20 reunion. Oh, yeah, no and doubt. then people uh, were mostly like, what's this dude with this Hawaiian exactly. shirt? But actually, he's not that bad. They are like, he's not that bad. Why does he keep talking about Stone Mountain and shouting out to Cater and shit? And, you know, <laughs> I think it, didn't, it still didn't really click with people. So here comes this show, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think at first, a lot of, you know, Rightfully so. A lot of people are skeptical. Yeah. Who the fuck is Donald Glover? What is the show? Why is it called Atlanta? Why does the preview have uh, Tame and Pollen playing the background and not some Atlanta shit? You know, and I'm just like, come on, y'all. But like, he's still walking <laughs> through East Atlanta. He still like did a real shot. This ain't L.A. somewhere. Right. He, right. he did it like on the spot location. Fuck the song, the background, whatever. I feel y'all. But at first, a lot of people were skeptical. When y'all first heard about this initially, just like, what were your reactions? Well, let me ask you all this first. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to sort of get to the heart of what of that initial skepticism right okay why do you think atlantans didn't readily associate donald glover as an at alien well the first thing is and this is a real internal ass conversation mm-hmm. this is a real um what's that word insider uh, baseball yeah it's uh-huh. another one i'm, I'm a meta uh, it's very atlanta he's about to, meta rodney's shit. about to go meta y'all. because because you know we we got we got this thing down here, you know, where either you from Atlanta or you from the suburbs, okay. you know, inside the perimeter, outside the perimeter, city of Atlanta. This versus was pre Migos Gwinnett County. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But even they, you know, they always, if you notice in interviews, they always make sure they they know the, they say, hey, yeah, but we from we not from Atlanta, we from Gwinnett We're County. From OTPS right. because. Yeah. Atlanta folk don't like you claiming Atlanta if you ain't really from Atlanta. <laughs> exactly, bro. And, and he's from Stone Mountain, you know, right. and that's 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 far east side. That's about as far east side <laughs> as you can get and still say that east far, side. Far east you side. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Stone Mountain historically was, you know, KKK headquarters, clan territory back in the day. Right. Um, so... Isn't that, isn't that General Lee we got inscribed on the side of no the damn doubt. mountain and shit? Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So, Confederate hero, y'all, I'm talking about. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, this, so this dude is from the, the furthest 
edges of the suburbs and so I think a lot of the skepticism was just that. It was just like, hey, dude, yeah. you, you ain't you ain't really Atlanta. But then I think it also had a lot to do with how they felt or how people have been critiquing his, maybe, you know, his performance of blackness in terms of other yep. works that he had done in terms of um, other mm-hmm. TV shows that they had seen yeah. him in. Right. And, and, and questioning that, you know, and, and coming from a city that's identified as the black Mecca mm-hmm. and, and, and just kind of, you know, not, not necessarily being being sure that 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 he was going to be able to carry that that representation the way atlantans yeah. felt felt um this isn't just about it being a black mecca too like keep in mind mm. like trap music was you know synonymous with atlanta at this point mm-hmm. and i think he talks about this a little bit in the stone mountain mixtape where it's like jeezy was an atlanta icon mm-hmm. at the time you know what i mean right. and so for him to not come from the trap perspective mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit more suburban like mm-hmm. his first album was like a, a summer camp right. themed album mm-hmm. it was just kind of like well maybe he didn't necessarily fit into this neat idea of what's considered like Atlanta rap mm-hmm. icon. Yeah. true to yeah yeah and I think you know Ryan you mentioned this you know when people rap Atlanta's like either you rep Atlanta or you don't. When you rep Atlanta, those people rep it hard. He's not rocking any Braves caps. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? He's not talking about ATL this. He's not really, I remember a lot of people were like, he doesn't seem very Atlanta to me because he never even mentions us. Where it seems like a lot of stars who've made it out of Atlanta are always shouting back at shouting out Atlanta. I mean, I clown Tyler Perry, but like every damn interview he wears, he wears this one blue Braves cap. With the white A, I see it. You know what I mean? It's always represented by these stars. It's somehow like they always have to give a shout out back to us, which I love. And I think that was one thing that people kind of thought weird of him was you never really heard him shout it out. Like he was like, I'm from here, but it didn't really take it further than that. And I felt like this mixtape, you know, that we've mentioned, that Tina's mentioned, Stone Mountain was one of his first like really in-depth, you know, explanations of how he was related to Atlanta and his experience being in the metro area. And I remember after that and, of course, seeing him, um, open up for Outcast. I was like, okay, you know, I'm sold. You know, this dude is Atlanta to me. He seemed, okay. you know what I mean? He knows. So you were sold? I, I was sold. I think I was, a lot of people were still I was sold then. And even, like, as y'all have mentioned, even with his, the type of uh, work he did, the type of humor he did before, you know, when he was working on, um, what was it, Community? Right. And, um, you know, I believe he was a writer for even 30 Rock before. No doubt. Um, so I think what it's. Th- I think I think a lot of people, especially, you, like I said, especially a lot of people in Atlanta, especially the, the black community, they're not watching 30 Rock. You know what I'm saying? They're not. They're not watching Community. You know what I mean? So they they're not really what Donald Glover's doing on the mainstream level. That's not something I think they immediately connected with. So they're like, who is this guy from that world of TV, who uh, is from Stone Mountain? Who don't have any, you know, doesn't wear his Braves hats, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't doesn't have any Hawks or Falcons attire yeah. uh, in his in his in his in his shoots, his photo shoots. It's like, who is this dude? And here comes this show on FX. Oh yeah, sorry y'all. So I live on right. I live right by one of the uh, the main lines. We might have to pause. It, <laughs> we might have to pause this thing, Clay. What you think? Okay. All right, wait, wait. I think Clay wants to say something, y'all. All right, so. I think Donald Glover is one of the few famous people that are from Atlanta who are not famous from Atlanta. He mm-hmm. went somewhere else when he was 18, went to college at NYU, got on an NBC show, right. you know, was mainstream famous, and then started to come back to Atlanta to make Atlanta things. But mm-hmm. everybody else is either you know, doing shows in Atlanta and getting famous here, and that's why they're wearing Atlanta Braves hats. That's why they're wearing the Hawks gear and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But he is 
totally mainstream and then coming back to show what Atlanta means to him. But he's been gone for so long that most people don't even associate him with Atlanta. I got you. Perfect. No, that's a good point. And I, that's and basically you're saying that you think that's why there was a lot of skepticism yeah. and like backlash. I mean, like if you just initially named the top ten famous AT right. aliens, let's call them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Donald Glover wouldn't be on my list. Right, right. It, exactly. It, and now he has a show. He's the face of yeah. Atlanta on Vulture and all these other right. mainstream places. That's like, hmm, mm-hmm. how did Donald Glover become the? I mean, mm-hmm. and how, and just how, like what we were saying, how did Childish Gambino, you know, open for Outkast? Right, and I think I think a point you you touch on right there, which is my next question for you guys, is the show is show has been a success and it has gotten a great response, no doubt, from Atlanta. Yep. So how do you think this guy, all that said, um, has found success representing Atlanta or maybe, you know, succeeding at um, having a show um, about Atlanta succeed on such a big level? Because we're talking about ratings mm-hmm. monster, as they say. I think part of it might have been that Atlanta might have just been hungry for a new portrayal mm-hmm. of itself because we're coming after okay it's already established that atlanta is like a hip-hop capital right exactly. outcast is synonymous with atlanta right from a tv perspective um atlanta has turned out so much reality tv mm, like over yeah. the past decade that we're constantly having to reckon with that All and right. at the same time the other thing that um people take for granted is that atlanta is a trap rat capital right so i think we had just gotten to the point like with all these anniversaries or whatever, Mm -hmm. like with hip hop and whatever, but also having to deal with how um, there's so much, like Hollywood has a growing presence in the city and yet we're not seeing ourselves being reflected in that. That we're like, okay, like when are we gonna, when is Atlanta gonna be able to see itself like on TV? properly and i mean we can definitely argue about whether donald glover show does that Mm -hmm. but i think we were just at the point where we're like okay we want something new and especially and this is coming especially when i think atlanta is undergoing you know like some changes right yeah definitely and i mean the other thing is like just straight up it challenges these this this monolithic perception right of 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 or, or representation of blackness out of Atlanta right when you right. think about you know Atlanta as 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 capital of the trap star you know and you get so many as you as you have to stay tuned because a lot of people I know kind of they might have tuned out after the first couple of shows right but as the series as the um, season goes on you're getting so many different levels and representations of blackness right. you know you're getting you're getting middle class you're getting trapper class you know <laughs> but then you're getting like you know like the, the episode that they have on van his 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 what well, I, 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 I was gonna say should we should we real quick back it up and just explain what what the show is what the premise is who these characters are before we get into yeah maybe for that one detail. person out there who has no clue i mean like, but there's gonna quickly, be there's gonna be one quickly summarize do well, it like there seems to be like a clear-cut premise from the first couple episodes right mm. you have uh donald glover who plays urn um who basically is you know he's short on cash and everything he's living with his ex-girlfriend or whatever while taking care of their baby daughter um he discovers that his cousin is a rapper named paperboy who's single is starting to take off online so he's thinking to himself okay here's an opportunity approaches paperboy is like okay let me manage you paperboy is like what the no what why but um from there it's about them trying to 
get on their respective hustle. Mm. Like, so I would say that was like the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, their plot, their, all that is kind of derailed when uh, Paperboy is involved in a shooting. And then from there, I, th- I would argue that it just gets a little bit more surreal. This right. is where you s- kind of get off the beaten path. It's not necessarily like a clear cut storyline. Like, okay, we're, tr- we're seeing Paperboy like, increasingly you succeed and get more radio play and all this other stuff then all of a sudden from there it kind of becomes about um the nuances that come with being a, ba- a black atlantan exactly right yeah. exactly and to me that's what it is it's really a metaphor and i think a lot of people who maybe didn't necessarily agree with the representation or donald glover being right. you know the face of atlanta is because you know it has that title as the mm-hmm. show but it's about more than just this very specific um, replication of, of what it feels like to be Atlanta. I feel like it is, like you say, a more surreal idea of, of blackness. It's almost right. like Atlanta is serving as a metaphor for, for this present day blackness. And, and, and in a lot of ways, he wants to take you through the weirdness and the surreality of, of what that feels like. I just made that word up. <laughs> You said the surreality. Yeah, 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 I like that. I like. I think that I'll, I'll ride with it. The format, in the sense that, like, I feel like again, like Atlanta had been sort of constrained by like this is how Atlanta is, and this is how like Atlanta is gonna be. You know, whether it's through reality TV or through trap rap, and for and for Atlanta the show to kind of just make all these sort of weird deviations into like some Tavis Smiley parodies to like you know some. Uh, cartoon serial commercials and stuff like that I think it also helps to sort of like it helps stress to people that like Atlanta isn't just one thing kind of like how you were saying how there isn't like black people aren't just like one thing I I think it also helps to kind of maybe stress maybe in an absurd way that like Atlanta doesn't have to be just one thing and that in the city like you know rooted is like all these possibilities for different types of storytelling. Mm, you better oh. say that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't even think it's even absurd. I think it's definitely just like you said. It's, it's, it's even just real simple. It shows that Atlanta can be just more than the the buck, the muck, the muck, and the bullshit you see in, in, in mainstream media. We're more than reality TV. We're more than just you know these, but yet these it's industries. That too. We're, we're culture. You know, right? But it's it's that, that too. too. But that's right. the best part. It shows. It shows our. It shows our best of times and our worst of times. As the great Charles Dickens would say, it shows the best of Atlanta <laughs> and the worst of Atlanta. Um, it's Buckhead and, think, and yeah. Bankhead, but there's gray areas in between exactly, that too. Exactly, and I, and I think that's what you know also makes it smart. Somebody, including Donald Glover's, you know, all-black riding team of Atlanta riders, I heard, or Atlanta Tide riders, um, you know, they did their homework, and they, you know, they found out what 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 works and what doesn't work in Atlanta. And they put it all in there, and I think that's another thing that just that makes it great. It's very brutally honest about what Atlanta is and what Atlanta isn't. I love so it, is man. Is it AT Aliens, the TV show? AT- wow, mm. yes. <laughs> the question. <laughs> so, final question for this episode Is Donald Glover's Atlanta, AT Aliens, the TV show? Man, that might be some brilliant. That's some brilliant insight and commentary right there. I mean, when you think about the weirdness, and I mean, he said it from the beginning. What did he he wanted this to be? Twin Peaks with rappers. Thank yeah. you. I mean, it's it's pretty far out there, which again I think is why if you're looking for um, a literal representation of Atlanta, you know the hoods that you know and love, it's 
It's it's not it's not right. that he's 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 trying to take it somewhere else the same way that you know AT Aliens the album was something that had to grow on us and in a lot of ways contrasted and countered the playerific Atlanta image that Outkast painted with the first album. I like that. I, I'm a, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, I feel like if anything, it's if like the album, it's a question of you know who you are, mm. um, where are you in life, where are you going, but also how the world around you, immediately your city, your surroundings affects that. Um, and I feel like it does, you know, like the album, a good job of showing you that it's okay to not have all the answers, you know, yeah. not where you're going, not know where you're going. Um, be vulnerable in a city that prides itself where everybody has a title and everybody knows what they're doing mm -hmm. um, and everybody has all the answers. I feel like for me, Italians, that album was like one of the first times where I was like, okay, these dudes are human. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I felt like, hmm. you know, Southern Playlistic, you know, they were the, they were some pimps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Italians, I felt like they were, to me, um, just a little more human. Mm. And I feel like the show itself represents that, represents the the humans of Atlanta, um, albeit still trying to exist within, you know, this world that has been created over the past 20 years no doubt. Um, in this city. So, yeah. touche, Mr. Bolton. Yeah, I agree. Am I getting the last word? Yeah. Okay. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to say no. Oh, oh I love it. Yes. Because to me... AT Aliens is about establishing an identity. Granted, I think both works are about introducing nuance to what we already know, but I think, to me, AT Aliens is about establishing an identity. It was about, you know, giving something people giving something people to hold on to, to reference to, you know, right. constantly, because we didn't have, like, a point of reference. Mm. Whereas, I think, with the TV show Atlanta, it's almost, it's a different mission statement to me. It's mm. about dispelling everything that we have taken for granted mm. about Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I think that sort of mission statement, it sort of, I think that's the sort of like motivation that I think all three of us have at this table mm. and maybe four of us actually what about like dispelling like what's actually true right. and what isn't. Mm -hmm. So I, it's about like sort of like, dispelling popular notions mm. and like debunking popular narratives and saying like actually it's a little bit more complicated than that okay so that's my take sorry Ooh, guys you mm. killed mike drop drop <laughs> that thing drop, <laughs> drop that drop. thing <laughs> last word no I, was that the was word? the last word hey, hey that was you killed that i agree i, I somehow agree despite just disagree. disagree. <laughs> what I, I agree to disagree like a mom. <laughs> I love it, man. I think, hey, hey man. that's it. It's good. No, there's, there's, there can't be any healthy discussion without debate. So there you go. I mean, now everybody can see eye to eye. So y'all go out there, watch the show, love it, hate it, argue with it, and and, and, and go back and revisit the album. I was going to say, think go about, listen to the album. Think about the future of your city, whether it be Atlanta or wherever you happen to live and, and how it's changing and evolving and, and the identity. And, you know, I mean, this is something we're dealing with as a country and as a, in, in the world, you know, oh, yeah. and, and out of this world to a certain extent. You like, know what I'm saying? So I think that's I think that's it. We could put a wrap on this one, baby. Hey. Tie, tie, the, tie the bow on it. There you go. Deliver it to the people. Well, you know, after Clay chops it up. But, you know, <laughs> that's the Five Points Podcast, y'all. 
There it is. We Gabby see y'all. here with my boy Rodney. Holla. Tina. We here. Why don't y'all say goodbye, too? I just kind of. No doubt. Through, I love you. Yeah. Till next time. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, as always. And we're going to get some social media set up, too. We're going to get a little yeah, Instagram and all that. Do we have to? <laughs> Why kidding. not, man? <laughs> Damn. Just kidding. Out. Bye, boy. Bye, boy. Bye, boy. Bye, boy. Bye, boy.